Welcome, everyone. Happy Sunday. I got myself into a pickle this week, and, and I think you guys may be required to help me out. So it was such a good idea when I, uh, actually Sharon suggested this book called Working with the Law that we'd use for inspiration, and it was such a good idea. And then the more I looked at it, I went, uh, how do I cover 11 spiritual principles in five weeks? And so then I had the brilliant idea, well, I'll just organize them by their general topic, and that'll work out fine. And sure enough, they nicely read out into five different pieces and so five Sundays and five pieces and then this week when I noticed today's subject and that it covers half of the book in one Sunday I went oh <laughs> so I, I, I took notes for me but I put them in your program because we're going to do, it's like one of those tours of Europe in three days. Um, so if I, if, I, if I lose my place as we cover these five spiritual laws of abundance, I, I, might, uh, I might ask for help. We'll see how I do. Um, so I want to start off by talking about the law of supply. The law of supply on a spiritual level simply states that God is infinite and the willing supply of all and to all. So, so really the fundamental lesson here is that everything comes from God. Now I know we're more used to thinking that our good comes from our more immediate sources. So whether it's a paycheck at the place where we work or maybe the good in the form of love from our family and our friends or, or maybe the, the good that we see out in the world may take some other more immediate source. But I'm here to tell you in its inception it all came from God. And there's a real good news stories here. Because what happens if the job changes? Do you know what I mean? What happens if the relationship ends? We don't really want to be in a position of saying our source is dried up. Do you know what I mean? God is infinite. God is infinite in its givingness. And God is always available. So it may seem awkward when that job dries up or if we're re required suddenly to, to move or, or do something, right? It feels like our source is dried up, but it's not the case. And so the infinite law of supply here is simply saying that no matter what it looks like on the outside, the true source and the infinite source and the always giving source of everything is God. And we can rest in that knowledge that knowing come what may, do you know what I mean? Do we always have, do all of us have one of those days where we think, oh good Lord, how am I going to get through this one when something happens? If our one true source is firmly understood as God, with that willingness to give, we are in good hands. The second law of abundance, we also call the law of attraction. And you know what? I think most of us have either seen the law of attraction discussed on Oprah or we saw the, the movie The Secret or maybe read about it. I'm going to go light on this one, but I did manage to find a joke about the law of attraction. And so that'll be our lesson for the law of attraction. So two women were sitting next to each other at a bar 
And they're talking about a variety of things, including the law of attraction. They'd heard it about, heard about it on one of Oprah's programs. And so they decide that maybe the law of attraction is even what brought the two of them together into the bar that night. So they decide to see how much they have in common. One looks at the other and says, well, I can't help but think from what you've said that you might be a native Oregonian. And the other woman said, why, I sure am. Are you? And the first one says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm from Corvallis. No way. I'm from Corvallis, too. It must be the law of attraction. Who would have thought? And, and what part of Corvallis? The first woman says, well, it's a lovely little area. It's over on the west side near Oregon State University. I lived on Warberry Street when I grew up. No way, said the second one. Oh, my God, it must be the law of attraction. I did, too. I lived right on Warberry Street. What are the chances of that? It can't be coincidence. What school did you go to? Well, I went to St. Mary's for grade school, the first woman said. No way, said the second one. Well, meanwhile, a fellow's walked into the bar. He sits down at the end and orders a beer. The bartender walks over to the gentleman, shaking his head and mutters, It's going to be a long night in here tonight. Why do you say that? The Adam twins are drunk again. <laughs> All right, some of you were laughing, some of you were just going, oh, Larry, you've reached a new low. But, uh, but what I think is interesting is that it actually does kind of work that way. The energy that we put out in the world attracts to it the like energy. Now, it may not take the form of your twin sister, but the law of attraction says that our thoughts and actions will attract their like. So if we show up in a certain way, and when I say show up in a certain way, kind of our attitude and the way we dress and the way we act and the way we are, what we will see happen over time is more people like us with the same kinds of attitudes, the same kinds of behavior, even the, the same way people dress. And, and there's a, you might say, well, that's, you know, that's interesting enough, but why is this important? And why is it a spiritual concept? The reason that it is a spiritual concept is that if we want to really make a change that will last, it's not just the insides that need to change or just the outside that needs to change. They really need to be done in concert. And so I, I've met people who've moved across, across the country to you know, escape their woes and their responsibilities, right? They've changed everything on the outside, but they get there, and <laughs> what do you think? The one thing that caused most of their problems was right in the moving van with them, because it was them. <laughs> Likewise, I have met people that have worked so very hard to change on the inside. In fact, I'll, I'll even own up to this myself. I remember when I first got involved in a 12-step program and I was trying to stop drinking. And I remember my very, very smart sponsor said to me, so who are you going to hang out with? Do you know what I mean? It's like going to that bar or hanging out with my friends that were still drinking. I had to change the inside and the outside to be successful. The law of attraction simply says that what we are will attract more of it. And so if we want to change that's meaningful, if we want to change in our life that's significant and good, it's an inside job and we have to move our feet. We have to do it on the outside as well. 
a new way of being in our heads can't exist out in the world unless we nurture it, unless we do what's necessary to make our outsides and our insides match. The third law of abundance, this third spiritual principle, is called the law of receiving. But you might also know it as the law of circulation. Because it simply says that in order to receive, we must also give. And it talks about the world really as a cyclical program. So that in order to give, we must receive. In order to receive, we must give. And I'm not just talking about money here. It certainly does work in the realm of financial affairs. But this works in the area of love. It works in the area of joy. It works in the area of peace. If you want something badly, you must start by giving some of it away. I remember counseling a, um, a woman a few years back, and she came to me, and she was so very lonely. Um, she had recently moved into town, and several of her relatives she wasn't on speaking terms with, and she came to me with this idea, well, let's do some prayer work around attracting friends into my life. Um, you know, absolutely, this is a great idea, I said. But if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, what, it, what does your day look like? And she said, well, you know, I've recently retired, and so I really get to plan my day to do whatever I want. And uh, so she said, I'll get up in the morning and make breakfast and watch a little TV, and um, I do some work, a little bit of work on the Internet, and then I might work out in the yard, and, uh, you know, then I'll make dinner, and I watch a little bit more TV, or I might do some spiritual reading in the evening. I said, well, no wonder you're lonely. If all you ever are is by yourself, there's really no opportunity here. You need to give away love in order to receive it. You need to make yourself available. You need to be that thing which you wish to have more of. And so we talked about what she might do to be love in the world. We talked about maybe she could volunteer somewhere that, that put herself in front of people that needed love. We talked about ways that she could connect with some of her friends and family that she had moved away from to, to relight that candle of friendship and love that she shared with people. In order to feel love, in order to receive love, we must give it away. And this is true of joy or peace. I mean, if you're not feeling enough joy in your life, don't think the universe owes it to you, right? It's like even, well, how do I put this? The thing that you are feeling most lack of, we need to give it away. We need to prime that pump of this law of circulation by giving some of it away. And I know that's hard. When you are feeling lonely, we tend to isolate. When we are feeling financial lack, we tend to think, I don't have a dollar to spare. These are the exact times when we need to spread more joy out in the world if we want to get it back. These are the exact times when we need to, to give some money to the, the guy on the corner. Do you know what I mean? To prime the pump that will start that circulation in our lives. So that simply is the law of receiving or the laws of circulation. In order to get a thing, we got to give some away. Next up is the law of increase. And this one was one that I honestly, although it makes sense, was not one that we talk about a lot. But it simply says, where you put your attention on will increase. And specifically in the book, it talks about praise and gratitude. 
And I want to use a, another story here to illustrate this. Not too long ago, um, I, I was out walking the dog in a park that I often go to, and uh, it, was, it was in the morning, and it was actually it was a lovely sunny morning like this, and there was the sweetest sight. I saw a, a young father and his daughter, and he was dressed like maybe he was on his way to work. Do you know what I mean? And maybe stopped off at the park to play with his daughter before she went to daycare, and, and he went off to work. But I noticed that she was having fun and kind of looking at him, and he was on his cell phone the whole time. He was kind of working ahead a little bit, maybe talking to clients or things like that. And I thought to myself, I wonder if he's putting really the investment into what he loves that he should be. Now, I don't know his story. I mean, that may have been an isolated uh, circumstance. And I love the fact, of course, that he was there in the park with, it, with her. That speaks volumes. But if we tend to ignore the things that are precious to us, they're not going to increase. They're not, in fact, even going to stay in our lives. We need to not only acquire things, whether it be love or joy or peace or whatever, it's not about the getting, it's about the being with it. It's about the being grateful for it. It's about the praise and, and, and lavish participation in whatever it is. That's what causes it to increase. That's what causes it to continue to be alive and well and beautiful in your lives. So when you have got your heart's desire... This isn't the end of the story. <laughs> I mean, for one thing, there's got to be a reason that you wanted it. Do you know what I mean? Again, whether it's a relationship or a great job, whether it's a, you know, a large bank account or a new car, there's got to be a reason that you wanted it. Celebrate that reason. Praise it. Be grateful for it. This is how it grows. This is how a relationship blossoms. You know, oftentimes I, I see couples that have been together for quite a while, and uh, occasionally they'll come to me with problems, and I'll ask them, well, what have you done lately for fun? And you would have thought I asked them to solve the riddle of the universe in a way. Do you know what I mean? They'll kind of look at me and go, fun. Uh. <laughs> And you know what? The good news is there's nothing wrong with that relationship at all. They just haven't committed a little extra time to the playfulness and the joy, the, the things that made them get together in the first place, the very things that draw couples together. That is what keeps couples together. It is the small kindnesses and the sweet joys that we share with those that we love. And when we have praise and gratitude for it, it just gets sweeter. So think about the things in your life that are the most important. And, and I bet they're not even things. <laughs> I bet they're people. I bet they're people and relationships and ways of being that are uniquely you and that are uniquely reflected of the love that you share with folks. Praise them. Love them up. Be grateful for them. And they will increase. That is the law of increase. Where you put your attention will grow. Finally today, the fifth of these spiritual principles of abundance is called the law of compensation. I'm going to read this one a couple times because I think often it's where we get stuck. We are compensated to the level of our acceptance. I'm going to say that one more time. We are compensated 
to the level of our acceptance. And I brought you a, a newspaper headline here to illustrate this one. This is from the Associated Press just a couple days ago. Woman who tosses lottery, winning lottery ticket entitled to $1 million prize in dispute. An Arkansas woman who cashed a $1 million lottery ticket may have to give up the winnings to a woman who threw away the ticket after she bought it according to a judge's ruling. The judge decided this week that Sharon Duncan was entitled to the prize money, not Sharon Jones, who claimed the prize money after she took the ticket from a trash can at a convenience store. So the story is, and well, and if you keep reading, you'll discover, in fact, that the, uh, the ruling's being appealed and even a third person is following a countersuit in this. <laughs> So we have three people now that believe, maybe they believe, that this $1 million is ours. We have the woman that originally got the ticket. So the story is, she bought a bunch of tickets. She always does. She never wins, but she always buys tickets. She took them up a few days later after the, the drawing and put them one by one into the machine, and she said none of them were winners. So she threw them all away. Second woman is kind of noticing that she sort of thought the machine made a funny little noise that was different on one of the tickets. So after the first woman, you know, was in another part of the store, she went out of the garbage can, pulled out all the lottery tickets, fed them back in, a winner. The third person in the lawsuit is the owner of the convenience store <laughs> that says trash belongs to the owner of the store where it's, where it's been deposited. Now, i got to tell you, my thought is the only people that are actually going to make a million dollars on this is the lawyers. Uh, well, okay, yeah, pro probably so. And my fear is, for all of these people involved, is they don't really have the ability to receive that money. It's not within their hearts. The first woman who actually bought the ticket, she said flat out, I buy them every week and I never win. It's not in her heart to win. She buys them, but it's not really in her heart to win. The woman who fished through the garbage, <laughs> pulled them out and, and put them in the machine and won, she has the attitude that, well, you know, probably this isn't for me. You know, the other two people have a, a, a good case here, and, and I've never really won any money either, and I'm not sure what to do with it. She also, probably in her heart of hearts, isn't ready to receive that money. And finally, the convenience store guy, well, of course, he doesn't. If those other two ladies wouldn't have been in there, right? This would have never happened. It's clearly not his money in his heart of heart. Of course, he knows it's not his money. Because if it wouldn't have been for the women, no one would have been any the wiser that there was even a winning lottery ticket. We have to be able to know that what we want is for us. We can't just live on a wish and a hope. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you hear people talking about things that would, that would really be meaningful to them, but I hear it in their voice, that wistfulness of, that I'll probably never really have it. I'd love, to, I'd love to have that, 
Caribbean vacation, you know? Uh, and you hear it in their voice. It, they, they might as well finish the sentence, but I know it's never going to happen. When we claim something, though, when we know something is for us, when we are ready to stand up and say, my good is for me now, this relationship that I've been desiring is already mine. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's like maybe it walked into the next room, but I know it's here. When we firmly and, and knowingly that the universe, that infinite supply of all good things is for us and never against us and can hold close to us, Knowing that it's already ours, our heart's desire, whether it be a, a feast or a vacation, whether it be a new car or, or a, a, a new relationship, when we know it's for us, when we hold it in our heart, the universe will do backflips. Those lottery tickets, you won't even have to buy them, right? We've already seen an illustration that apparently you don't have to buy a lottery ticket to win. And when we have in our own heart the ability to accept that kind of money, when we know what we do with it, it will be ours. The goodness of the universe is here, right now. Even as, a, as Star's song indicated, the riches of the universe, the, the sun shines always if we accept it. So I'm going to do the briefest of a review. And again, I apologize for throwing five spiritual uh, practices and principles at you in one Sunday. But I just want to do a quick review here. First of all, the law of supply says that God is infinite and infinitely giving. That when our earthly sources go haywire, we do not need to worry about that. Because God doesn't go haywire. There is always that infinite supply. The law of attraction says that our thoughts and actions will attract their like. And so if we want to live in a certain kind of world, it's up to us to make sure that our insides and our outsides are alignment with that thing that we want to have. If we want to see greater abundance in our lives, we should hang out with people and in places where more abundance is in evidence. If we want to see more love and more sweetness in our life, we need to get out, we need to get off the couch and get out where that love and that sweetness can be expressed. The law of receiving or the law of circulation simply says that which you want the most, give away some of it. The very act of your willingness to give will begin the receiving cycle. And it is a cycle. To keep abundance in flow, we give even as we receive. The law of increase says where you put your intention will increase. And in particular, the tools of praise and gratitude will highlight and, and uh, magnify the good that's in your life right now. So love up the things that are important to you. Be grateful for the, the people and the things in your life that are sweet and loving. And as you praise them, as you're grateful for them, it just gets better. And finally, the law of compensation. And maybe this is the most important one. Because I think oftentimes we focus on the getting. Do you know what I mean? We focus on what it is that we want, and we don't necessarily make a place in our heart for it. So if you wanted to start anywhere, you know, sometimes I assign homework. Um, 
if you want to start anywhere in this uh, plethora <laughs> of, <laughs> of uh, spiritual principles today, I say take a look at that last one and make sure your heart is big enough to receive. Do you feel worthy? Do you feel that that which you receive is for you? Do you have that sense that you could hold on to all of the love, all of the joy, all of the abundance that you want? Do you know in your heart that good is for you? And if not, if there's any doubt, here's the place to start. You know, oftentimes in prayer, I'll say, well, what is it you want? And we'll pray for it, right? Today I'm going to back up a little and say, let us pray that your heart is long and big and wide enough to receive. Let us pray that you know you are worthy of all of your heart's desire. Let us prove to ourselves that love is right here and that we can receive all of it. I'm going to close today with a, a quote that, uh, that ends this section on these laws of abundance. Here is what uh, Raymond Hollowell says. He says, The law of God is infinite, and through its expressions, all things, all things are possible to us. Every time we choose a good thought, we have made a good investment. So what is life giving you today? Is it health, happiness, and abundance? Or is it sickness, misery, and lack? Whatever it is, it is your own. It belongs to no one but you. You have made your investments, and you are now enjoying the profits or losses from them. If you're dissatisfied with your investment, choose again. Only your own can come to you and be sure that all that is yours is what you want. It is your responsibility. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. That thing that I call God is the givingness of the universe itself, infinite in supply, infinite in variety. Every good thing is in God. And so this God of infinite supply also has to mean me. Because God is everywhere, I know God is right here acting as me and through me on this day and that these laws of abundance are in full effect of my life. I know and without question use these tools in my own life to bring about that sweet light of love, of success, of joy, of peace, of security. It is for me and my heart is big enough. And as it is true for me, I know without question it's true for each person in this room. Each person here has that capability of opening their hearts and their minds to receive more. Each person here in this room is part of God's plan of goodness. And the goodness is infinite. And so it is with great gratitude and love that for each person here I accept a greater awareness of the love and the light that's already in their lives and the ability to receive more. I just let it be, and so it is. Thank you for being here today. Thanks so much for being here today.